first coming attractions. Before you go out and spend money on that new movie or digital media, make sure to listen to the entire show right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We'll take you behind the scenes, interview celebrities, and review new movies, TV shows, and digital releases. Now, here are your hosts from Kids First Coming Attractions. Welcome to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Catherine, and today we'll be talking about Soundtrack to 16, Questions and Comments, and Star Trek Prodigy. First up, Heather will be reviewing Dickinson. Hello, Heather. How are you? Hi, Catherine. I'm great. How about yourself? I'm doing good. So what is this show about? So Dickinson takes place in the 1800s, and it's about Emily Dickinson, and it's a modern take on her life. And it's it's a, a very great modernization of it. She They all speak very, like, kind of slang English, which is kind of fun. And it has a great modern soundtrack, too. And it's just how she navigates life. And this was their final season. Oh, wow. Have you? How many seasons are there? There's actually three. Oh, have you seen all of them? I've seen, I saw entirely season three, and I saw parts of the first two. <laughs> all right, sounds good. Because I watched, I think, the first, the beginning of season one but I didn't finish it um and from what I saw it looked like a really good show and like a really interesting show um so what was your opinion on the acting I thought it was great I thought it was really fun how they were able to mix like this property well this proper essence of themselves like from back then but then making it very modern like she slouches a lot they all speak with like this comfort and like this sort of like they, they, they're not very stiff as they were back then. So I think it was great. The acting is phenomenal. Adrian, he's fantastic. His character is so wild. But then he he has like these scenes and like every season where he just sort of breaks down and he speaks how he feels. And it's just really great. Um, also, Haley Steinfeld, who doesn't love her? <laughs> yeah, for sure. And so there are like three seasons, as you mentioned earlier. So did you have like a favorite episode perhaps and why oh there's there's a couple i like the first episode of the third season i think it's just really funny i mean we're seeing like the effects of the civil war Mm -hmm. which it's so bad to say but they kind of gave it like an airiness to it but then how how would teens feel back then when they're supposed to be getting married and having fun and then now their husbands are going off to war and dying? How Emily, she's just trying to to write and nobody lets her. And then now Sue, the girl that she loves, is, is already married and she's going to have a baby with her brother. So it's so weird how they have to like navigate this dynamic again. Adrian has an incredible scene he breaks down in like the middle middle of the dinner. It's just really sad. I think I think that episode is just perfect overall. That sounds like yeah. I just I've been wanting to watch this the show recently. I've just haven't had like much time with like school and everything else. Uh, but yeah, and like I feel like it's also hard. Um, like for every everybody, like especially since like this the impact of a war, and also kind of like a forbidden the forbidden love story that goes on between there. So, did you like how that was portrayed, or do you think it could have been done any better, or anything like that? I actually really enjoyed it. They their their relationship dynamic developed so well from the first season. How is, uh, Emily says that they're best friends, but they're in love, and then how 
how Sue has to just pretend that she's in love with with Haley's, well, not Haley, with Emily's brother, and how it's this forbidden love that they have. And now that Sue's going to have a baby, it, it really puts like a lot of distance between them. And then they're still trying to just find their way. I think it was beautiful to watch it develop and how they ended up in the last season and how Sue, she's always going to love Emily, but it's not something that can happen realistically it, it breaks your heart it really does and I really enjoyed watching the two of them they're such great actresses so it's a very nice relationship to watch yeah for sure I yeah I've I've really been wanting to watch that show I just haven't had time to uh. <laughs> but uh what would you say is the overall message of the show definitely comes from Emily and her her passion she follows her heart all the time her father forbids her to write her mother wants her to be a housewife and she's like, no, I'm going to do what I want and I'm not going to get married. I'm going to write. And especially in that time of women having a role, she just did not care whatsoever. She was such a brave woman. And even up until the day that she died, she was writing. So she followed her heart and she she did what nobody else wanted her to do. For sure. Have you actually read any of her writing? I had to. The other day I was doing an English test and I was quizzed on one of her poems. I'm not sure if it comes out in the in the show but I had to it was like a couple of questions and I had to read like a poem and answer questions on it yeah it was really cool and then I told my mom because we had started watching Dickinson I was like I had had to read Emily Dickinson for my test and she's like did you get them right and I was like yep good job yay (laughs) thank you uh so where can we stream Dickinson it's on Apple TV plus and it releases on Friday November 5th all right and what age range and star rating do you give Dickinson Ooh, I would give it a 15 to 18 plus adults and I give it a four out of five stars or five out of five, if you want to say. Yeah, sure. Okay. It was great talking with you and, uh, you know, I'll see you later on the show. <laughs> okay. Awesome. Bye. <laughs> All right. Bye. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today, we're talking about Soundtrack to 16, questions and comments, and Star Trek Prodigy. And right now we are switching over to Heather's interview with the cast and crew of Dickinson. Hi, I'm Heather reporting for Kids First, and today I have the pleasure to sit down with Elena Smith, creator of the hit show Dickinson. Smith is known for her work on The Affair. Now let's talk to her about her work on Dickinson. Hi, I'm Heather with Kids First. Hi. Hi, Elena. It's so nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, too. So I have to get right into it. Dickinson is such a creative, wonderful show. It's it's the perfect mix between period drama and modern comedy. How did you get this idea? Where did it come about? And how what was it like to finally being able to film it? Uh, well, I got the idea for the show. I guess I, I was interested in Emily Dickinson way back when I was in high school reading her poetry. Then right when I graduated from college, I read a biography of hers that I really resonated with and and learning more about the actual person who wrote those poems. I was fascinated by her life story and it's sort of profound ironies, the fact that, you know, she wrote about such big subjects in such tiny little lines or that she managed to capture so much depth of experience, even though it seems like she barely ever left her house. Um, And of course, the greatest irony of all about Emily, which is that, you know, she was not understood or appreciated in her own time. 
Um, and so all those things stuck with me as well as her brilliant work. And I think it was probably 10 years after that, that I found myself in Los Angeles. Um, I, I had been a playwright. I was out there trying to be a television writer, trying to think of original ideas for shows. Um, and I just had this crazy idea to have a half hour comedy about Emily Dickinson. Um, and then I just worked on it and worked on it and wrote the pilot and and then got to sell it to Apple and gone on this whole long journey, which is now wrapping up with season three. That's absolutely incredible. I mean, a 10 year journey. How did, how did, what was the act, the audition process like? I mean, you've had this idea for 10 years and not to finally see it come to life. What was it like picking all these actors to make sure that they brought justice to your vision? Well, you know, because I started in theater, I had plenty of experience um, with casting and with finding, you know, the right people for the right characters. And in fact, with Dickinson, we also draw a lot on the New York theater community for our casting. So it was a lot of, um, there were a number of actors that I, you know, already was familiar with. Anna Baryshnikov and I were friends. Um, like I, I knew, um, you know, different, I mean, obviously Haley was just a force to be reckoned with and, and was already our Emily Dickinson um who we were writing the show sort of towards and then it was a question of finding um the other people to fill the roles and i think with casting there's just kind of this magical thing that happens where when you see them you know you know like when i saw toby huss i said that's edward and i don't want anybody else to be edward and it's just about his face and his vibe and um yeah so it was an adventure finding people but i i i mean we like these are the dickinsons to me nobody else could ever be them and it's it, it feels so incredible I talked to Ella and Adrian and they're just such amazing people and when you get to know them it's like oh I understand why they were cast as these amazing characters and you get to have such a love for them after years of working on this show mm. what was it like to finally say goodbye to them and wrapping up the show um you know bittersweet obviously uh although I you know hope and expect that I will get to work with you know a lot of people that have been involved with Dickinson again in other projects in other ways um and obviously we've all become really close and and we will stay in each other's lives um but uh you know honestly it was just such a joy to get to write for this brilliant young cast and watch them grow in their roles i mean ella um is somebody who in each year of this show has had to do something different and has 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 just trusted me and worked with me to to build this very layered complex character that is Zoo. Um so yeah, I mean mostly I'm just really proud of them and and excited to see what they do next. That it, that's absolutely incredible. I mean like you said Ella has had to do a bunch of different things that wouldn't naturally happen in this this era of time which is so fun what was your favorite scene to film like i love the scene when sue and emily dress up as guys and they go to the club i think that was so funny what was your favorite awesome. scene to film oh that's awesome um uh, I don't have a favorite because there's not one single second of Dickinson that I haven't been fully emotionally invested in. Um, so, you know, I can't pick a favorite, but I will say that there was something pretty special about um, shooting that final scene with Haley on the beach um, when I was directing the final episode. Um, and she is in Emily's white dress. And um, it was the most beautiful day. We were all outside after having shot the whole thing during the pandemic. and. Um, it was the greatest release and joy that I felt in that moment, so. 
I feel like it really went, you see her character development. And then in that scene, it's like she finally, wearing that dress in particular, is like she finally became who she wanted to be. Yes, exactly. And this whole show has been the origin story of America's greatest female poet. And that dress is like her superhero costume that she gets to put on at the end. So. <laughs> so, like, she reaches her happy ending. And so speaking yeah. of that dress, it's one of like one of the most amazing props from the series. Knowing that it was the last season, did you take anything from set? It's funny that you asked that because I did keep that dress. Oh, well, it's in <laughs> good hands. Yeah. <laughs> that is, that's amazing. And I, I can't wait to see how everyone, the audiences, react to this show. It was, it was an adventure watching it. I've laughed so much. And then I cried at the end because it was like, it's over. And you don't want it to be over, but it was a perfect ending. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you for so much. Me. And I, I, I so appreciate your time. And, and it, I'm excited for everyone to see it, too. Thank you so much. It was so great meeting you guys. Thank you. Bye. Dickinson season three premieres November 5th, only on Apple TV+. Let's take a break. I'm Catherine, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today's show is sponsored by Merrick Security Solutions. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. To become a Kids First film critic, visit our website to find out when the next audition takes place. We hold auditions throughout the year and are always looking for kids ages 8 to 18 that love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to meet the talent that works on movies. We invite kids who live in or near any major city in the U.S., Canada, or the U.K. This summer, join us at our Kids First Film Critic Boot Camp at Temple University, where you can learn how to critique films, how to interview celebrities, and how to set up a home studio for next to nothing. For more info, visit www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to become a Kids First Film Critic? Register to audition and give yourself a chance to join the entertainment business as a young entertainment reporter. Hurry! Our auditions take place the first Saturday of the month via Skype. Help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. are tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh! Turn your phone off. Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up. Welcome back. I'm your host, Catherine, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We've been talking about Dickinson. And next up, Heather will be interviewing the cast of Dickinson. Hi, I'm Heather reporting for Kids First, and today I have the amazing opportunity to talk with Adrian Blake Esco and Ella Hunt from Dickinson. Adrian is known for his work on Seeds, and Ella is known for her work in Le Mis. Now, let's talk to them about their exciting roles on Dickinson. Miss Ella Hunt, I would love to talk to you. Now that we're seeing you and Adrian just getting along so well, what was it like meeting each other for the first time and knowing like, <laughs> oh, this is going to be my husband? I mean, a relief immediately. You never, you never know who you're going to be thrown 
in uh, in, in, into a dynamic with, and it's it, it, we knew that we were signing up hmm. for three seasons of the show. So, uh, Adrian is just a wonderful person, and we've had so much fun together, carving out these characters. And and I'm particularly proud of where they get to this season. We get to explore a non-traditional relationship mm. dynamic as it evolves and challenges both of them. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm just, I'm incredibly proud of our friendship and of all of the young cast, or just all of the cast and yeah. crew on the show. For sure, it's like a big family. That's, that's so great. I mean, you guys are explaining how you guys are a big family. What was it like to film the last scene and knowing that this is gonna be the end, Mr. Esco? Um, wow, uh, I mean, Bittersweet doesn't even be. Yeah. Oh my God. Jeez. Yeah. That was. It was like a whole. The whole last week was just full of memories because it was all colored with that sepia tone of like, this is the last time that we're all gonna be in a room together and like I'm already feeling nostalgic even though it's happening right in front of me. Yeah. Um, and there's this one scene that we keep talking about where we're all in the Evergreens living room listening to Emily read a poem and uh, the, the camera just pans from Emily to Sue to Anna to me um, and we all like it just it, that whole whole day of shooting just felt like something that you want to bottle up and like yeah. save forever. Yeah, and like Elena came on to set that morning and she gave this fabulous talk to mm. the whole cast about what was going on in the scene and who was feeling what. And there were so many levels. It was like mm -hmm. taking an onion and peeling apart each layer. Um, so both getting to grow with a group of people and grow within the context of incredible writing. Elena is, is such an incredible writer. Yeah. Um, is it's it's such like such a joy and when i watched that episode that moment where it pans across it was like the moment where i was able to let go of the emotion that i'd had bottled up and i had a big old cry watching that <laughs> moment it's it's a special moment here, here. in the show thank, thank you, so you guys much. so much for speaking with me it's been an absolute pleasure and congratulations on dickens in the final season thank, thank you, you. I'm Heather reporting for Kids First, and today I have the opportunity to talk with Chinaza Uche and Amanda Warren about their work on Dickinson. Chinaza is best known for his roles in The Devil Below and The Nigerian Prince. Amanda is best known for her roles in The Purge and Roman J. Israel Esquire. Now, let's talk with them about Dickinson. So, I'm so excited to talk to you guys. Dickinson is finally wrapping up their show, and it's so sad to see it go. I just want to know, how has each of your characters impacted you? Miss Warren, if we could start with you, please. How has impacted me? Uh, just being able to see where Betty and Henry started in season one and to see this beautiful arc conclude in the way it has. The entire process has just been um, something that I will always cherish that was the overall gift. But um, but yeah, I mean, I, I hopefully that answered your question, but the entire arc to see a character that um, that we've, characters that we've built over the course of three seasons um, evolve so beautifully and elevate in a way that, that um, was totally unexpected. I, I couldn't be more pleased. And Mr. Uche, please. Um, yeah, I agree. I feel like 
I've grown with Henry. Every question that Henry's faced, I've been like, wow, that's a good question. Like, how, how do you make a stand? How do you, what are you willing to risk? And I go, Chinaza, what, what are you willing to risk? So I feel like I've been challenged by his journey and been forced to have a journey of my own uh, with amazing people like Amanda and the rest of our cast and crew. That's absolutely incredible. I, we, we do see these characters grow so beautifully and how they end up together. I mean, the scene where, um, I'm so sorry, where Betty gets the letters and she reads them and, and she starts crying. It was, it was so impactful. It's like, wow, how this beautiful arc and the, the love that they have is so pure. And I think it's one of the best relationships on the show. So you guys have grown together. Like you said, how do you guys feel about just ending the show and saying goodbye to these characters one last time, Miss. Um. Yeah, it, it was it's a, we're celebrating, we're celebrating. Um, we were happy with, with, the, uh, with the season that we made. And I think I speak for, for most everyone when we were very um, satisfied with the first two seasons, but to see how everything all around, and when you can't imagine the writers uh, elevating the uh, the story anymore, they level up, and and you know we we strive to to meet them there, and and I think that we did that. I think we mm. did that, and we always, you know, I felt like we walked away um, at the end of the season um, really proud really proud and already celebrating. So when we got the news that it was the concluding season, I think we were all quite happy and just ready to celebrate that this lives in in uh, in the world of, of television now where people can see it for the ages. It's great. I completely agree. We've been celebrating, we feel good. It's a beautiful <laughs> send off. It's like, it's a crescendo, you know, but there's so many other questions that you can imagine for yourself, but it, it feels right feels right. It does feel right. And how it's, the story is about Emily Dickinson, but we get to see all of these characters all around us grow and seeing you guys grow as, as not as actors, but as people. It was, it was very humane and it was, a, it was an amazing adventure to see you guys. Thank you guys so much for talking with me. It's been an absolute pleasure and congratulations on Dickinson. Dickinson season three premieres November 5th, only on Apple TV+. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today we're talking about Wolf Boy and the Everything Factory, Soundtrack to 16, and questions and comments. And right now we are switching over to Ishan's interview with the cast and crew of Star Trek Prodigy. Hi everyone, I'm Ishan reporting for Kids First. Today I'll be speaking with screenwriters Kevin and Dan Hageman, director, EP, and creative lead Ben Hibon, and actors Kate Mulgrew, Ella Purnell, Brett Gray, and Riley as Rocky from the new CG animated series Star Trek Prodigy. Let's get into it. Kate, what do you hope that viewers take away from your show? Hope. The beauty of collaboration. And the gorgeous mm, promise of imagination, which is something that we lose, I think, sometimes as we get older. But kids have an abundance. So if it captures their collective imagination, which I'm going to, I'm going to guess it will, I think that there could be a, an entirely new philosophical approach to Star Trek through the eyes of five, six, seven-year-olds. Something to see. Your character is quite legendary, and it's certainly tough to play the role of Captain Janeway. What is your process of getting into character? Well, voice acting is, is easier. Um, the toolkit is 
defined. Do you understand what I mean when I say that? Um, it's in front of you. Uh, you open it up and you can choose five, six, ten, sometimes even more um, gifts or talents or skills. Um, but it is limited because you're not moving. You're not uh, you're, you're not inside of another dimension with another character. You're just with a microphone and your imagination. So the, the, the skill that is most important in voice acting is the discipline of the imagination. And of course, to match that with the voice, uh, I've, I've looked at a lot of animation and thought, I don't understand what that character is saying. You have to be specific. You, your, the diction has to be good. The breath control must be uh, adequate in order to impart, you know, the intention. So it's, it's, you know, it's important that you keep your eye on the ball, but it's, it's again, I go back to, it's not nearly as tough as, as live action. Thank you. Alrighty, let's go one by one to Ella, Riley, and then Brett. So how do you all feel that you've grown from working on this series? Why did you pick me first? <laughs> uh, what challenges? Um, actually, I, this is strange. I found it really hard to... Um, to balance the two sides of Gwen, the vulnerable, uh, softer, more childlike side and the more terrifying side. I, I would kind of lean really heavily into one or really heavily into the other. I found it really hard to find the balance. And so oftentimes I would get it wrong and the team would, would sort of, we'd have to find this middle ground really between the two. Um, the end, end answer, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think with me, um, rock talk is some th t sometimes really high pitched, and then she'll just be middle ground, and then she'll be low pitched. And like, I I'd be doing high pitched or low pitched for a long time, and then they're like, do the opposite, and I'm like, uh. And so I think that I had to balance it out, and now I know what to do when I'm in a scenario like that. And now rock is more middle grounded, and um, I am changing my voice levels, but not too much, so I still sound the same throughout the episodes. Yeah, I uh, Dow is a very fun character to get to play. Uh, there, oh my gosh, I almost said another spoiler. Oh my! But I get to do so much with my uh, voice. I get to um, experiment very. Uh, uh, Wow, I'm just, this is not going to be good. Um, the challenges uh, have been many. Um, there's there's a particular episode um, where I just get to do the most incredible thing with my voice, and it's it's been quite a ride. That would give everything away. Sorry. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you all for that. Okay, and answer as well. <laughs> Dan, as you're writing the series, which feels like a film in itself, did you find yourself growing closer to any of the characters? If so, which ones? Um, I believe Dao. I, I really connect with Dao, a guy who uh, is brimming with confidence, but deep down there's crippling insecurities. Um, and especially going into a Star Trek show, I felt, I, I felt like Dao. Good question. Yeah, thank you. Ben, why did you choose to direct and EP the series? 
Uh, just the potential of the the premise, the the quality of the writing, uh, you know, the generosity and the the you know the the completion of these characters on the page. You know, it's. But can it's, I say he just called it a film? I know it's, a, it's which I like because I it feels like a film. It feels like <laughs> it is. It, right? I, 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 I chose that, that word. Yeah, it's, it's just okay. a TV show. <laughs> but, <laughs> it uh, you know the the just the character arc. The, the you know it, it was a it is such a, a show that has heart. It, it has the heart in the right place. Uh, the characters are fantastic. I just want to be with them. I want to hang out with them. Uh, I want to go on adventure with them. And then as a as a filmmaker and or as a storyteller. When you read a script like this or a show like this, you just, uh, yeah, it just um, jump, jumps out of the page. You just can't wait to tackle certain scenes or certain character moments. Uh, this was one of these these projects, and and knowing that the the, the 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 you know the density and the quality of the Trek mythology that came with it, and us being able to design a ship. I mean, who says no to designing a ship? You know, and all of those kind of great things about about Prodigy that we were able to do. So it's, it was a no-brainer. <laughs> Thanks so much to the whole crew of Star Trek Prodigy for speaking with me today. Star Trek Prodigy is set to premiere on October 28th, 2021 on the streaming service Paramount Plus with its first 10 episode season. So definitely go and check it out. Let's take a break. I'm Catherine and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today's show is sponsored by Merrick Security Solutions. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. To become a Kids First film critic, visit our website to find out when the next audition takes place. We hold auditions throughout the year and are always looking for kids ages 8 to 18 that love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to meet the talent that works on movies. We invite kids who live in or near any major city in the U.S., Canada, or the U.K. This summer, join us at our Kids First Film Critic Boot Camp at Temple University, where you can learn how to critique films, how to interview celebrities, and how to set up a home studio for next to nothing. For more info, visit www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to become a Kids First Film Critic? Register to audition and give yourself a chance to join the entertainment business as a young entertainment reporter. Hurry! Our auditions take place the first Saturday of the month via Skype. Help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. are tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh! Turn your phone off. Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today we're talking about Wolf Boy and the Everything Factory, Dickinson, and questions and comments. Right now we are going to our interview with Heather about Soundtrack to 16. How are you again? And welcome again. <laughs> I am still great. And thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so what is this show or this movie? Sorry about. 
So Centric to 16 is just like these two really socially awkward kids and they're just like finding their way in the world. They they don't know where they fit in and then it's a girl and a boy it's macy and ben and they start to fall in love it's in the 2000s like early 2000s uh london and they just both start to develop like this cute little romance in between like learning how to be teenagers and not being kids but not being adults either and so this is a rom-com was it ever like i mean like in my opinion rom-coms can get a little cheesy was this one ever a little cheesy at points a little bit i mean I mean, it was, like, enjoyable, but I feel like Macy, she's, like, a teenager of, like, my age or, like, a 16-year-old. And I think they kind of made her a little bit childish rather than than what she would probably be in real life. Um, That was kind of a little bit annoying to watch, in a sense. It it was, like, a little out of place, definitely. I guess they just wanted to make her a little bit more anxious and, like, make her so obvious that she's out of the group which i don't think was very necessary but there was a little bit of cringe as well in a couple of scenes like ben does a couple of things it's just like ah, okay not necessary but all right <laughs> i mean yeah it's a rom-com there's gonna be some given like cheesy moments <laughs> exactly uh, and so this is about a soundtrack i guess like not a soundtrack but it's in the title so was there like actually a soundtrack and if so like what was your favorite song oh i mean they all kind of sounded the same like they had the same it was kind of rock music so it was pretty fun Mm -hmm. it's i guess like how teenagers feel which again kind of stereotypical teenagers like i guess we're all wild and we all have anxiousness and anxiety all the time which is kind of reflected in the music which was again stereotypical but it it was okay um the music was all right it really reflects how the kids are feeling but could have switched up the music just a little bit Uh uh-huh and so you said that it was kind of like stereotypical was there one stereotype that you were just like this isn't very true definitely definitely in the way of like the teenagers sort of feeling out it was so exaggerated I mean like as as a teenager myself I don't feel like in my experience, personally, I'm not left out that much or it wouldn't be as obvious. And they, they try to do like the stereotype teenage things like doing drugs and drinking at such a young age, which we don't really do. I mean, like uh, like majority of us don't really do it. And so they're trying to fit in, which also leads to a lot of cringiness because it's kind of unrelatable. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess that's, that's, I think they're just trying to get something that like, it's kind of adults writing for teenagers. That could have been what they did when they were teenagers, but it's not quite like modern. And also you said that this was like early 2000s. Do you think it was like accurate to that time period or like, did they change anything to make it fit that time period? Or was it basically the same? It was basically the same. I mean, they all acted how we would in the early 2000s. There was nothing very different. It's not like a 80, 1980s to 2000s kind of thing. It was it was pretty normal. They kind of act like how we would today. So it was it was pretty normal. There wasn't like any special effects or like clothing differences. I I couldn't even tell until I, I looked it up that I said early 2000s. I was like, oh, I, I could have thought it was from today. <laughs> Very interesting. So what age range and star rating do you give a soundtrack to 16? I would give it a 13 to 18 plus adults if, if you'd like. And I would give it a five out of five just because you can tell that like these creators put a lot of hard work into it. 
And again, it's an indie independent film. So for the budget that they had, it was actually pretty good. It was it was actually enjoyable. <laughs> yeah. And the trailer actually looked like it was a pretty good uh, film. So where can we stream this? Okay, I'm sorry to like mess this up. I have absolutely no idea. This is from like a film festival. Oh, that's all right. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, and it released last year. Like I told Randy because I had to write my review. I was like, I'm so sorry. I can't include when this comes out or where it's from because I have no idea. Okay, that's fine. I mean, and that happens. That's just, that happens sometimes. <laughs> yeah, and questions and comments is the same thing. So I just gave it the the rate the star rating and age range because I can't. I don't know where it's from or when it comes out. <laughs> Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> okay, thank you. All right. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today we're talking about Wolf Boy and the Everything Factory, Dickinson, and questions and comments. And yeah, right now we are switching over to our review about questions and comments. So what is this about? So this is about a young man who his mom is, has died. And the way that he he reacts with his grief is to call every questions and comments hotline and try to take their products from them just so he can get them for free, reviewing them, saying that they were bad, and then they give him more stuff as compensation. And then he he gets found out by the government, and they take him to court, and then he has to take his neighbor, who is his friend, and she's also a beginning lawyer. She's starting her, her, her career as an attorney, and she's going to go to court and represent him. It sounds like very interesting, like uh, the like government gets involved. Whoa! <laughs> yeah, yeah. He 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 called that many hotlines. <laughs> wow, that's a lot. <laughs> yeah, I know it was insane. So you were saying like it's about a court. Um, I know that we're not like lawyers or anything, but would you say that it was like accurate to maybe like what it would be in real life? Yeah, I mean, it was. It, it looks like kind of every court scene that you see interrogations from both the defense and the prosecution, witnesses on stand. It was. It was just a nice visual to watch. It's. It's pretty much what we see all the time. So it wasn't anything critical or anything outstanding. It was just very standard. I get. I mean, standard is good. <laughs> yeah, we. It's if it's passing, it's great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So this is a film pe- festival is like the quality I know. And then film festivals can be kind of like lower budget and stuff. Is this quality, would you say good enough for like movie theaters or anything like that? I definitely think so. The, the visuals are great. The music is great. The, the opening and ending credits are pretty standard. The acting is all right. It's, it's adequate. So yeah, I don't, I don't see any reason why it shouldn't be on the, on the big screen, especially with, we see a lot of movies that have more or less the same budget get nominated for oscars it was i think it could be on the big screen definitely i heard you mention the acting was adequate can you like elaborate more on that what was like were there any like amazing performances were there some that weren't like as good or anything like uh tell me more about that so the main actors are actually pretty great the main character is pretty great he shows his grief very openly which I think a lot of us can relate to. It was more of like the minor characters that sort of have like this very, you can tell that they're acting. It doesn't sort of feel as natural as the main characters. But him, the main character and his friend, who's the lawyer, they're actually great actors. Um, I would love to see them in anything else that they do. Yeah, for sure. So what would you say the main message of questions and comments is? It's how you handle your grief and your friendship. 
I feel like if the main character would have gone to his friend from the beginning, she would have been able to help him a lot. She was always there for him and they sort of support each other. He gave her a chance and she's putting her career on the line to help him out on this court case. And she would have been able to help him if he would have gone to her first. So he realizes that there's always people who are going to care about you. And then also just watching him deal with his grief, we can all relate to that and just sort of going out of our comfort zone, trying to feel better, but that it's not always the best thing that we can do and that we can always open up to someone that always someone is going to care. Do you think that this is going to help anybody maybe like currently facing grief or something like that? Absolutely. I think there's a lot of people who don't know how to handle like this burden of their not depression but of their sadness and of this emptiness that they have so to watch it in a movie and just watch how we can deal with our grief in different ways and that we have to find the way that works for us again not illegally but in a way that we have friends all around us and that we can talk about it I think it's going to help a lot of people for sure and uh finally what age range and star rating do you give questions and comments I would give it a 12 to 18 plus adults and a four out of five stars. All right. Thanks so much for talking with me. Of course. Thank you. Let's take a break. I'm Catherine and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today's show is sponsored by Merrick Security Solutions. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. To become a Kids First film critic, visit our website to find out when the next audition takes place. We hold auditions throughout the year and are always looking for kids ages 8 to 18 that love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to meet the talent that works on movies. We invite kids who live in or near any major city in the U.S., Canada, or the U.K. This summer, join us at our Kids First Film Critic Boot Camp at Temple University, where you can learn how to critique films, how to interview celebrities, and how to set up a home studio for next to nothing. For more info, visit www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to become a Kids First Film Critic? Register to audition and give yourself a chance to join the entertainment business as a young entertainment reporter. Hurry! Our auditions take place the first Saturday of the month via Skype. Help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. are tuned into kids first coming attractions on the voice america empowerment channel shh turn your phone off another film review or celebrity interview is coming up hey welcome back i'm your host Catherine, and you are listening to kids first coming attractions we've been talking about soundtrack 16 and questions and comments with heather next up we are welcoming a new kids first film critic anna clara hello how are you hi i'm good what about you I'm doing good. So tell me a little bit about yourself. Oh, okay. Um, 
I born in Recife, Brazil. Um, I love reporting and interviewing people. Since I was um, five years old, I started interviewing um, the voice actor of the uh, branch in the room trolls. And um, I love singing, dancing, and yeah. Wow, that's really cool. So how old are you, or do you have any pets? Um, I am 12 years old, and I have uh, three fish. That's really cool. And so what are maybe some of your hobbies that are other than, like, reporting and uh, interviewing people? Oh, um, I have, I love singing, also dancing, um, dubbing characters, and oh my gosh, I think playing guitar, yeah. Oh, that's fun. <laughs> <laughs> so what drew you to Kids First? Um, because, um, Kids First, I love, because reporting and interviewing people is, um, it's my passion, 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 passion. <laughs> and I want to do it for all of my life. Wow, that's really cool. Is there <laughs> any one movie or TV show that you are uh, looking forward to review? Um, I think I'm to um, Adam's Family to, I think, For sure. Really cool. <laughs> and uh, what is one celebrity you would interview if you got the chance to? I think I want to interview Anna Kendrick. I love her. Oh, because that'd be cool. Her first name, it's my first name and her film, her movies and her series. I love her so much. Mm-hmm. What's your favorite movie or TV show? Um, my favorite movie um, is I have a lot of favorite movies, but I think you can name favorite. a couple if you want to. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, I love trolls. I love um, family items too. I love um, I don't know the name in English, but it's um, I will say in Portuguese. Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And. O milagre da cela I I know I, the name in English. It's um, uh, the miracle of something. I think I love um all of, all of the films and movies. Oh my gosh, I have a lot. But yeah, it's always hard for me to choose. Like when somebody is asking, like, what's your favorite movie? What's your TV show, favorite TV show? I have no idea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so you said that you've like interviewed uh, people in the past. Who was your favorite interview and why? Um. I think my favorite interviewer was I have I love I loved all of the interviewers, but um that's a hard question. <laughs> <laughs> um I think was the voice actor of Branch and uh and Brazilian actor um who is um João Jean Pedro, and he is um, the um, actor of Genesis, a Brazilian novella, I think. That's really cool. And it's really cool that you've been like interviewing since you were like five. So I guess like when you were younger, like what first drew you to wanting to interview people and uh, like watch movies and fun stuff like that? Yeah. 
I love watching movies. Um, um, the first time I went to the theaters was when I was um, one year one year old. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I watched it. Um, I forgot the name, but my my parents tell me about it every time. I watch it. I think the name is um. It's a bunny. I think it's a, it was an animal uh, animal film. That's really cool. Well, thank you so much for talking with me. <laughs> oh, oh! I thank you. It's a pleasure to be talking with you. <laughs> Listening to Kids First Coming Attractions today, we're talking about Wolf Boy and the Everything Factory, Dickinson soundtrack to sixteen, and questions and comments. And right now, we are switching over to Benjamin's interview for the cast and crew of Wolf Boy and the Everything Factory. This is Benjamin Price reporting for Kids First, and I had the opportunity to interview Joseph Gordon-Levin and Archie Yates of the new Apple TV Plus animated series, Wolf Boy and the Everything Factory, currently streaming on the service. Joe, imagination is baked into many of the characters you've played, Tom in 500 Days of Summer, all of Inception. So going off of that, I'm curious, from your past roles, which one do you think would flourish in the world of Wolf Boy with all the sprites? Oh, wow. That's such a cool question. Which of my characters would flourish in the world of Wolf Boy? I mean, I have to say uh, there's a there's a new show I just put out. It's also on Apple TV Plus called Mr. Corman. And I, he's got a very active imagination. And the show sometimes goes into his head. So I'll, I'll go with Josh Corman. I, I, for me personally, I was just picturing what the Philip. I get he's disqualified because he's a real life person, but I think Philip Petit and the sprites well, could really get up to some that's stuff. A very good answer. You're absolutely <laughs> right. Yeah, Archie, I'm with the character that is just so abundantly positive and optimistic as Sprout. When you're playing him, does that ever influence your daily outlook and just like the way you know when you're going about your day? Uh, do you ever get sort of dashes sprout yeah i guess so while i was um filming um wolf boy i did actually notice that while i was at school i I would be a lot more cheery to my friends and they wouldn't notice that they've been telling me for like the past few days um but yeah i think um playing the role of sprout really had a positive influence on me yeah I I mean, I, certainly just watching the show, it did on me. Uh, yeah, easily my favorite character of the whole thing. So, And, Joe, you mentioned Mr. Corman already, but you've been on a teacher streak lately. Uh, Professor Lovecraft in this, Mr. <laughs> Corman, obviously on the other side of Apple TV+. Plus. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious, when you're playing a teacher, do you find that teachers from your own life end up coming out in your portrayals? Absolutely. And I've had some really wonderful teachers in my life. I think teachers are heroes. I wish the world glorified teachers as much as we glorify entertainers or more. Uh, I can I can remember, uh, for example, I had a music teacher when I was very young. Her name was Miss Karen. And um, she taught a choir and piano lessons. And then she, we started doing 
musical theater in her classes. It was like, you know, just a little community theater. And that's the first time I ever started acting. So I wouldn't be an actor if it weren't for Miss Karen. And teachers can have so much impact on their students. I, I really, really admire them. And I'm running out of time here, so I'm just going to fire off one or two more questions very quickly. Archie, what magical ability would you want to have if you were a Sprite? Oh, that's a good question. If I were a Sprite, I think my purpose solely would be to um, heal the um, forests and other aspects of nature on our planet because uh, the climate and climate change is something very personal to me. And yeah, I just want to do whatever I can to prevent it from damaging our planet. Well, that is very commendable. Uh, thank you both so much for talking with me today. I'm, uh, I'm going to have to wrap up. So, Wolf Boy. It's been great talking to you. Nice to meet you, now. Yeah, nice to meet you both. All episodes of Wolf Boy The Everything Factor are currently streaming on Apple TV+. Plus. You can watch them right now. This is Benjamin Price reporting for Kids First, signing off. Thanks so much for joining us. You've been listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. To watch our latest reviews of the latest films, DVDs, TV shows, music, and apps, and to learn how you can join our Kids First film critics team, go to www.kidsfirst.org. Be sure to check out our YouTube channel and look for our reviews on Press for Kids, KidsWorld.com, and KidsVille News. This show is produced by the Coalition for Quality Children's Media for Voice America and iHeartRadio. Today's show is sponsored by Merrick Security Solutions. I'm Catherine reporting for Kids First. See you later. Bye. Thank you again for tuning in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now, you know more which movies, TV shows, or digital media to look for, or learned about the talent that worked on or off camera on them, and can make informed decisions about what to watch. Be sure to subscribe to our channel so you don't miss an episode and tune in again next week.